Welcome to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, and general tomfoolery. I'm Kristen, and I will be your podcast host for today. With me are my virtual co-hosts, Emily and Lee. How are you guys? Hello, I'm doing well. I'm doing groovy, thanks. Fabulous. So, um, if you didn't notice, we're going to be missing a familiar voice today. Zen is not joining us because we're doing an all-girls podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, Zen's <laughs> been booted off the island. Um, however, this is not a random booting because today we're going to be talking about some of the challenges of being a woman traveler. Um, offer up some female-specific suggestions and maybe a few amusing femme-centric stories after the break. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at ce.uci.edu. Dream big, take risks, be amazing. So before we start, I want to say that I have been wanting to ditch Zen for months now, (laughs) and it's been amazing to be the grand leader of all things travel. So I am wearing my new crown today. Uh, so, um, we are a group of three women who have traveled a lot and I'm assuming we've all maybe had trips solo or at least maybe with just women travelers. Um, so today, 2020, or maybe back to 2019 when we last did some traveling, do you guys think there are still challenges to being women travelers? Hmm. So I'm going to start off just because I think I have less experience um, traveling solo or just traveling. I guess technically my mom and I have been traveling together a while, although I feel safe with her. So it's not Mm -hmm. I I don't feel um, like an extra need or needing to be extra cautious. I know you should be, Um, but it's just like a familiar feeling traveling with my mom. But I have. So within the last two or three years, like in college, I traveled with my best friend and that was different. Um, it was just the one trip that we took together um, to Where Portland, Oregon. Go? Portland, okay. Portland, Oregon, which is a safe enough place. I mean, sure. I did not feel like it wasn't anything crazy. Um, and then my other, I've had like solo travel experiences as in like I went, like, went through the airport traveled on an airplane by myself but always kind of ended up meeting people on the other end so i haven't had like a full-on from start to finish solo experience yet (laughs) okay but you've definitely gotten some like women only yeah for sure yeah what about you lee i have been traveling solo since um since college so, and the older I get, the more, the more I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, in college, in undergrad and, and definitely in grad, it was more stateside, uh, just kind of like doing my own thing. You know, I love road trips. Uh, mm-hmm. and of course, being a starving college student, it's much easier way of getting around. Um, and then, uh, and whether that was driving across state lines over to, you know, see somebody or just to see family or just kind of do something because why not it's the weekend and and do fun stuff like that sleeping in my car the whole nine yards Uh, 
as I've gotten, I would say really doing it with a sense of uh, challenging myself was I've been doing it since 2004 internationally. Uh, and part of that was because I did a program. I was working with a program one summer of in uh, called Semester at Sea. And oh, so yeah. fantastic so program, um, you know, but we would be you know, you're on a ship that acts like a, a floating university and you're seeing the same seven, you know, five to seven hundred people every day. And so when we got into port, I really needed, you know, time alone. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and so that kind of gave me the curtain. Now, in all of the countries that I went to, minus, okay, we had one stop in Vancouver. Everything else, English was not spoken or spoken very limitedly. So a lot mm-hmm. of Asian countries. And so after doing that and having to pantomime for bathrooms, uh, mm-hmm. I became a lot more confident sure. <laughs> traveling solo. Yeah. I have to say the weirdest thing for me has been that I am much more uncomfortable traveling alone in the United States than I am elsewhere. Huh. It is seems to be easier for me to travel alone internationally. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because so many U.S. cities like... I just feel like they don't have a lot of good, like public transportation and things. And like in Europe or elsewhere, you get like youth hostels, like places where you can feel safe and like belong. But like the U S I feel like isn't very good at those. So it's like CD hotels or like, you know, especially when you're traveling like on a budget and things, I don't know what it is, but I've definitely been more comfortable traveling alone outside of the U S Where's like the most comfortable or most safe you've ever felt traveling alone outside of U.S. Obviously, um, you know, the very first trip I ever took alone, um, I went to Eng- not England, excuse me, Ireland and Scotland, and I just had like the best time in those places. And I'm sure it definitely helps that they are um, English speaking, very welcoming for Americans, a lot going on and friendly. And I, I don't recall ever having a like uncomfortable or scary moment. Although there are, there were times I remember like eating alone and getting some weird looks and stuff like that, but um, never once felt unsafe or wary or anything like that. And I think I definitely will be like, on my guard more, you know, when you don't speak the language, um, you kind of always need to be ready, like to, I don't know, figure your way out. If something comes up, how am I going to ask for help or ask for directions or figure this out or whatever. So, um, there's definitely that level of being in an English speaking place or whatever your native native language is that feels, um, less threatening. Totally. See, I, I've had good luck. I mean, I definitely think the world opens up slightly differently as an internet, as a, a female solo international traveler versus domestically. Mm-hmm. But even domestically, I mean, I have literally, I mean, I probably, sh- I'd still do it now. I've slept in my car, like in a truck stop in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I did uh, that once and it was horrifying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. Oh, it was, well, 
I, yeah, I mean, of course, when, I'm doing it, I've done it in my 20s and then trying it again in my 40s. I was just like, <laughs> I will say doing it in my 40s. I'm like, okay, wait a second. I'm a grown ass woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I different choices. Um, and doing it a Jeep. And okay. And, and for those of you who have never met me, I'm also only 5'1". And so it makes it a little bit easier for me to sleep in a Jeep Wrangler versus if I was like this <laughs> oh, beautiful <yes>. Amazondian <laughs> goddess like 62. Sure. <laughs> um, so I own my, I own that. Uh, but I would say like people that like, my experience domestically, I mean, I think it's just kind of different because you don't stand out as much, but when I've traveled solo in other countries, um, yeah, I keep my wits about me just as I would here. But I also think people have, I've had so many stories of every place I've been to where somebody has gone out of their way to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one of the the one that's coming to mind right now. I mean, I've had people walk me eight blocks out of their way because I got so dang lost trying to find a jade market in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, but even down to gosh, I was in Dublin on Good Friday, and this is back in 2016. And if you've never been in Ireland on Good Friday, it's the one time you can't buy alcohol at all. And so you're in Temple Bar, which is like the equivalent of like Bourbon Street in in New Orleans. And there's nobody out there because there's no alcohol. And so I'm sitting in this restaurant and it's broad daylight. And this, I'm just chatting up this guy. Um, I'm eating a burger and all this stuff. And as we're talking, you know, he's telling me about his sister who lives in the States and all this stuff. And at the end of us talking for maybe about 10 minutes, he slips me a piece of paper with the name of, with the name of this bar and the address. And he's like, like, go here after 10 and tell them that uh, to ask for mouse and tell them that Mickey sent you and you'll be able to like, you know, get some, you know, you can be able to get a pint. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like back in the speakeasy days. Right. <laughs> yeah. sort of like because I think because I was a woman traveling solo, if I had a boyfriend or, you know, a bunch of girlfriends with me, I don't think he would have been as likely to, you know, hook a sister up. Now, I will say for the record, I did not take advantage of that because I had to fly out the night that night. Um, and it'd be just my luck that, you know, I get carried away or whatever, but it would have made for a good story. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... It's, I think it's just, it's, I'm always amazed at how the universe kind of opens up for a female solo traveler. Yeah, I think I've definitely experienced that too. It's really unique when you're by yourself, what people will do and how kind they can be and, and, and take you in. Um, and I've even noticed that being alone versus being even just with one other girl, I didn't have that kind of like hospitality, mm-hmm. which is interesting. When, it, when I'm by myself, it's more like, um, people are kind and almost take pity. And then when I'm with another girl, suddenly I feel like a target for men. Like these girls must be trolling for husbands or something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like that. Uh, but have you ever specifically chosen a destination or avoided a destination being that you would be like a solo female traveler? I, I, I'll share um, one example that was surprising is um, this was probably back in 2017. I was curious about going to Cuba um, and doing some research. And I was surprised to see that it was one of the top five countries for women to travel to by themselves. Hmm. Um, and I had never really done that kind of research. But as it, it, I, it, I was interested in it because so many people were telling me 
um, mostly family and things, you know, well-meaning friends. You shouldn't go to Cuba. It's really, really dangerous. And I could come back and say, actually, it's one of the top five safest places for me to be by myself. As a matter of fact, right. I've been to ones that aren't on this list. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so that was affirming. I was in, in, in that sense. Um, but I usually don't do... Uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying. I mean, I'm not going to any place that the State Department has, like, red flags on. But. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just trying to learn from the two of you just because, as I said, I don't have that much experience as a solo traveler. So, I mean, when I was choosing my destinations, the destination singular, it was just <laughs> we wanted to go to Portland, Oregon. Um, we, My best friend and I both love nature, and it was just, like, an easy, cheap ticket that weekend. Um but I don't know. I feel like whenever I'm traveling, at least when I'm in the airport alone, because that's my most independent solo traveling experience <laughs> I've had in the airport, I'm always, not always, I wouldn't say always. I feel like I'm most high alert when I'm sitting at the gate um, and I'm just like waiting for the flight just because that's when I'm most aware, like just stare people watching. And then I get really paranoid um, I like who's standing by me or like anything like that for some reason. Um, Are you like looking out like paranoid, like someone's going to steal your purse or something? Something like that. Or just like maybe they see me alone and they're going to try and like talk to me. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I just like get, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just get like a little paranoid. But then I am grateful when I am by myself and I'm loading up my carry on in the airport plane i am very grateful for everyone around me to take take pity on me and this small child trying to put her <laughs> her suitcase up in the overhead compartment so that's right like, i i do like that advantage um but other than that i i'm more just like learning from the two of you and seeing like what what choices i would make or based off your experience but um i did have a question i've never stayed at a hostel <gasps> yeah which is weird because I feel like that's such a do it before the window of opportunity closes. <laughs> so where have you gone to stay in a hostel before and like what was your what were your experiences like well when I studied abroad I was abroad for an academic year in France and we we just traveled that whole year and all we would do was stay in hostels and um, they definitely vary um, as far as like the ones you get, but I have never had such a fun time in my life as like when you're at a good hostel. So um, one of the things we would look for is you want a decent location. If it's like right in the middle of the downtown, it's d- going to be more expensive. So it kind of just depends on your budget, but you want a decent location. Um and the amenities that they have, do they have like a bar in there? Do they have like a restaurant in there? Um, how many like beds to a room kind of thing. But I mean, I've been in like the hostels where you're staying in like 16 bunk rooms, but they have a bar and they have lockers and you just make friends there. And then you all go out traveling together and stuff. And the hostels are always like, they're usually like pretty quirky and they have, you know, like the um, libraries, like take a book, leave a book or have like little reading nooks and like places where you can write on the walls and, and things like that. And, they're just so much fun. And every time I stayed in one, I remember thinking my dream is to open up a hostel so that I can like basically live in a hostel for the rest of my life. I'm going to own the hostel and grow old in my own hostel. (laughs) 
But then I also, there were some times where there were really old people. I mean, like, I'm talking, I've seen like grandparents like staying in them. And it was so like off brand. Like, I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Like, this is, I mean, I know it's a budget, but it's like really aimed towards like youth and usually really right. loud and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and as I have grown out of it, I'm like, I would still stay at a hostel, but I'm going to be that person that I judged. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here? Um, but I, yeah, you have to stay in one. I know. How life. do you like go about looking for like, is there like an Airbnb for hostels or like, <laughs> so, so back in the day, this, this was like late 2000, like right before like 2010 probably uh there was like hostels.com hosteling international and some of these are like big chains where we never did but you could buy like a certain membership to them and you know they have chains like all over and you get like certain discounts and like benefits to them Mm. or whatever um but i think they they're like kind of their own network um i don't even think i'm not sure on airbnb if you could like like uh you know, filter like to hostels, but there's always like the big, like if you just did a hostel search, I bet you everything would come up. Cool. And (laughs) the summer I went abroad to France was the summer that the movie hostel came out. Oh, (laughs) Oh, dear. I don't watch that stuff. So I was totally unaffected, but I had friends who were very nervous (laughs) about staying in hostels (laughs) because of that. But I was like, Oh, well, um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, despite my age, like if I was a f- female solo traveler, I would probably feel very comfortable staying in a hostel. I would feel very safe. Nice. Um, All right. They're they're very friendly, like youth oriented. They do a lot. They they can hold your hand a lot as far as like organizing tours too, and like um, giving you maps. And I mean, I guess that's what a normal hotel does too. But it just it feels like a very welcoming place. And there's always like the kitchen areas that everybody shares and stuff like that. So I don't know. Bit of a tangent. I, I've done the hostel thing. I actually did it a couple of years ago. Um, I decided to go to San Diego on a whim. And so I took the train down and was literally trying to find a place to stay before I got to the station. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I found a hostel right in the heart of the gas lamp. And it was, was it? Fantastic. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Now, I got a I got a single room. Um, but it was, you know, joint bathroom, shared kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, it had like a light cafe-ish restaurant on site. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. It had the lending library. It had a plaza where you could like, you know, just kind of ha- like an internal plaza where you could hang out and stuff. And it was delightful. And and in the course of me planning other trips, um, especially if you, you know, you look at lonely, you can find hostel guides. I mean, online, mm-hmm. a lot of the, if you still use books, <laughs> a lot of the books have like okay here's links to the best hostels in the area um specifically to where you're going in, in terms of your destination right. um and you can do searches like that the other thing okay if we're going to talk about like a different way of traveling as a solo woman my my goal and i haven't done it yet is i want to stay in either a monastery um, or a convent or something like that because there's a mm. number of them Whoa. both domestically and internationally that you can stay at that is totally, you know, really low-key, but also it gives you the ability to, to, to experience something different. Yeah, that's really cool. That would be really and I would feel, be yeah, experience. totally safe in a Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm in a monastery. <laughs> Seriously, Mom, you do not have to worry this time. <laughs> so do you guys 
travel differently if you're traveling alone or with just women than otherwise? Oh, I travel happier when I'm alone. (laughs) (laughs) And it it makes me just sound like a control freak, but I mean, there's just very few people um, who I do enjoy traveling with because it becomes, everything becomes a negotiation right down to what you want to eat. And, um, and so that's why I prefer traveling solo. I mean, I've traveled with my mom and I've traveled with my family and I've even kind of gotten my family uh, in there's I think like 13 of us now, you know, to be more okay with the flexible plan as opposed to like traveling as a herd but that's what I mean I I do I feel very confident and blessed that from an early actually that's not my (laughs) first solo travel was at the age of 15 um and so yeah now that I think about it because I mean my parents literally I went to go visit family I'm from the east coast and I went to go visit family in New Mexico and had to change planes in Dallas oh that's scary for a 15 year old that is scary yeah, well, you know, I, I guess my parents figured since they had like five, you know, four or five kids, like what's, you know, they had spares just in case. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and that's sort of, and it, there was no like unaccompanied minor. I was solo. Um, so I guess that's why like I can totally do this type of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, pref- I actually prefer it or, you know, for the few girlfriends who I have traveled with. Um, or even what, you know, or just partners in general, just being really okay, saying up front, like, it's okay that we do our own thing. Like you want to hang out at the pool all day. That's not my, that's not my vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's definitely pros and cons to both. I, I definitely agree with what you say about like, you just do what you want to do. Like you can sleep in, you're not on anyone else's schedule. There's no negotiations, but I do find sometimes when I'm alone, um, depending how long the trip is, like I get tired of being alone and dining alone. Like it'd be nice to have company or even there are things that I want to do. And I feel really sheepish, like doing it myself. Like I get embarrassed. <laughs> so like, I won't do it. And so I hate that. I feel like I'm like not taking advantage of something. Cause I feel too awkward, like trying to do it myself. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, there are pros and cons to both. Um, but overall, I mean, I think, traveling alone does give you a lot of freedom like the way the world kind of opens up for you like you mentioned Mm -hmm. um and ironically i have only ever been like the target of like pickpocketing when i've been with groups and i think that's because you're obviously more distracted if you're talking and things like that i have not felt as much of a target when i'm alone Mm mm-hmm so I don't know if you had a similar, like, are you able to blend in easier on your own? I am. I mean, I think it is because there's a chance that you might be a local. Right. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Versus the one time that it, it wasn't so much a pickpocket as it was a scam artist. And mm. thank goodness I had read the Rick Steves books in advance. Um, it was the gold ring. You know, I found this gold ring and I think it's yours. Oh. Uh, scam. Uh, but and but I was with I, I was with someone at that time, and so I was like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is that sort of thing that you look more like you could potentially be a tourist than than when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Have or you? Just like, I have that. You know, maybe it's because I do have you know resting bee face or whatever. <laughs> I make sure to put that on when I'm traveling alone. Like I have my like don't stare at me like glare <laughs> kind of thing like don't yes. make eye contact with me um and i i think it's easier to blend in when you're alone so like for instance if i'm alone and i start to feel lost or maybe uncomfortable or something 
I know how to, you know, you keep your eyes forward and you don't start looking around or like looking at your phone. And then I can like turn a corner or go in a store somewhere where I do feel comfortable being a little bit more like vulnerable and like asking. Whereas sometimes with friends, you're just like, where are we? And then you both start staring around and looking (laughs) like obviously like tourists and things like that. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it's almost like safer to travel alone, it seems like. Oh, yeah. You, you well, bring up some I, good points for sure because I have been in, I have been that person that like when I'm alone I I'm definitely more aware of my surroundings and I'm like let me go in a store and check my phone mm-hmm. well, whereas like exactly as you said when I'm with my friends we immediately like oh wait where are we turn around no yeah turn right <laughs> what <laughs> yeah and suddenly there. you become like a glaring target of yes. like there are some tourists <laughs> yeah and I don't know if you ever travel not necessarily with like weapons but like I do own like pepper spray but I would never probably travel with it because I'm too nervous about what other countries laws are and I never know what's going on (laughs) and then a lot of times I know what some women do is they have their keys and they're like you know if if you're really feeling threatened or like unsure you can you put the keys in between your fingers almost Mm -hmm. like the breast knuckles but I'm not traveling with house keys when I go somewhere either um, do you guys have like contingency plans or like, do you think about this when you're alone traveling? Um, I've done the key thing, mm-hmm. um, or just having, you know, whatever it is that I can kind of have in my hands, a pen, you know, a pen or whatever, cause I might be writing postcards mm. or something. Yeah. Um, I tend to, to kind of keep in, because I, I spend a lot of time out walking or jogging and stuff like that. So I, t- mm-hmm. I, I tend to look around a lot. I don't listen to music. I, like, I won't have right. earbuds in my ha- in or anything like that. So I can look around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of like the last time I felt really, really threatened. I think, well, you know what? One of the things this is, I don't, I don't drink or I rarely drink when I'm traveling solo. Oh, hmm. um, and so I think that's that one of those things is so I can't, you know, I might have a glass of wine, but that's mm-hmm. about it because I don't, because I do feel this like hyper awareness to, you sure. know, s- stay in touch with my surroundings. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am trying to think, uh, you're right. I, you don't, tra- I mean, I wouldn't, I don't travel with keys and I am not old enough to rent a car when traveling yet. <laughs> um, so I don't have the key I've done the key thing like domestically um, but I think I'm just more of like preventative staying out of situations that can get me in trouble uh, that kind of thing so do you guys ever look up um, the emergency numbers where you go because 911 is not global so some countries might do 123 111 Um, that, that is, is a something good point. <laughs> yeah, it started when I was traveling for work and we kind of have this template that we fill out before we go on trips. And one of the things that was in there was the country's emergency code. Um, so I would always have that on hand in my phone in case I needed it, because it's especially good to know because these emergency services don't work the same all over the world. So some might be separated out like an ambulance versus the police kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, emergency, non-emergency, all that. So most everywhere I've been so far does have a three number code like that you can call like 911, but very few are actually 911. I think most of Europe is like 112 or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, but that that's something that I keep in mind if I don't have anything else on me and I'm feeling like maybe I might need something. 
So good to research in advance. Yes, for sure. And Lee, also like you, I really don't drink when I'm alone either. I have, got, I think the only time I ever like got drunk when I was alone traveling was when I was staying in a hostel and made a ton of friends and we all went out together and I felt very comfortable with them and like we all stayed together and everything. So it all comes back to the hostel. <laughs> that, is yeah. the key. that is the key to traveling alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about clothing? Do you guys dress differently? Hmm. I'm just like, I'm just all about comfort, <laughs> especially now that we're working from home. Like, yeah. like it's, I, I mean, I'll always have like a workout outfit or two with me. I wear comfortable shoes. Like my days of wearing uncomfortable shoes are so far gone. Oh, great uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like style is, is, is not my thing. Cause I, my, when my goal for travel is, is to see and experience stuff with locals. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not so concerned about meeting my future ex-husband. Um, so that would be cute. <laughs> Very optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all about comfort. Because I know I used to be, um, like, tr- packing cute outfits that I don't even wear at home, thinking that right. I'm in vacation. I definitely don't do that. Um, so, yeah, it's all about, like, sp- Things that I can rewear or layer or just, you know, packing as light as possible with as many choices that I can fit in with, like, as little clothing as possible. Yeah. I think the, the biggest, like, conundrum I ever had was when I was going to United Arab Emirates. And it was my first time going to the Middle East. And so I felt very, like, I need to probably be very conservative. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to be freaking hot. <laughs> so how do you balance, like, covering up but then staying cool? Um But also what I didn't realize until I got there is Dubai is so uh, it's such a metropolitan and it's a big fusion of a lot of different cultures. They actually are not strict at all. And I saw some girls wearing things I probably wouldn't even wear here, which made me feel very comfortable. Yeah, like, oh, that's so great. Like, (laughs) this is a great place. And Dubai has... um, female only taxis and female only subway cars which i just love that's really cool they they the taxis would be pink and you didn't have to as a woman you didn't have to take those but if you wanted to you could and they would have women drivers wow so it could it would be only women in those taxis um and then the subway the metro whatever it was um, we'll have a car on every train for just women and children. And I actually did see one. I feel like it's impossible to miss because I think that whole car is like pink and they even where it will be. They have like a pink sticker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was in one where some men got on it and they just they seemed totally just oblivious. Um, but some women were just kindly like, oh, you're in the women car. You need to go down there. And they were just like, oh, OK. And I was just oh. like, this is so nice. <laughs> I enjoy oh. this. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know, like. I think some people will say that that is like anti-feminist in some way, but it made me feel very comfortable and it was nice to just be in a car just with other women and feel like I could take a breather and relax, even though I didn't feel that tense or anything, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I have a question. When you're taking public transportation as far as like, like I know when I was in Switzerland, I was taking the subway a lot just between cities um, or trains 
whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you like how comfortable do you feel falling asleep or like taking a nap or something on the train by yourself with your things? Because like on one hand in Switzerland, at least I felt very comfortable. Like it was uh, at least I was in a cart full of like families. So it was really fine. Mm-hmm. But on the so there were some times when it was like a pretty empty cart and it was like just a couple people trickling in and out that were kind of like shifty eyed that kind of made me nervous mm. so what are your takes on that oh, I think it's yeah I think a little bit of it is kind of reading the surrounding like you said like if you're just surrounded by a bunch of like families and stuff you know you probably feel a little bit better I, the longer the trip the easier it is to like nap. So like if I'm taking a subway, I can't imagine it would be more than a few stops, but like if I'm taking a long train ride, Mm -hmm. uh, that's easier to settle in. And like people are usually also on that train longer too. So you're all kind of stuck together, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I feel like people there would be less likely to try something because they're probably going to be on the train longer or there's other people around or whatever. But I mean, as far as just like a subway, I don't think I've ever taken like a nap. Like while I'm, traveling alone yeah. when i lived in new york i fell asleep and woke up in the bronx once but that was a different story <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to think i you know i've traveling solo i don't think i've ever really fallen asleep other than a plane you know like you said i'm gonna be on it for a while and we're not really going anywhere um mm-hmm. but i'm sure I've, i i'm sure that I've fallen asleep in places I shouldn't it's just right. is, I mean I, I'd love to say that I'm always that hyper aware but it's I've tough. Really <laughs> yeah. subway stations are actually one of the places I feel safest um, and on cars because I, I mean unless it is you know maybe really late at night or a stop where there's hardly anyone there but it's usually a lot of people bustling around um, there's usually station agents and enough people that you can kind of just sit and blend in a little bit like i oftentimes even if i'm uncomfortable like where i am going into the subway stop makes me feel better Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i have fallen asleep like now that i i mean i've fallen asleep in airports on more than one occasion solo um and haven't had an issue but i think those were all domestic Mm. like literally one time i was flat laid out on the floor there might have been alcohol involved. <laughs> um, and by might, I mean, oh, God, yes. Um, right. To fly, that's for sure. And slept for five hours. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. No, it was bad. It was, yeah, it was epic. Um, I was also much younger then. But it, I remember waking up and this old man was looking at me and he's literally like, wow, I was really worried that you were dead. Oh, no. Okay. I'm like, I kind of felt that way, but now I'm hungry. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I, that was like Detroit or something. So, uh, so yeah, that that's the only thing that's coming to mind. I've never done that internationally. All right. Um, I think Kristen, you talked about like subways, um, like subway stops. If they're like, what's the opposite of busy? Empty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, do you guys take into account when you're out, um, like a curfew? Do you set like a curfew for yourself to you know head back to the hotel before I don't know nine or ten or midnight or something like that? Or what's that like? I don't set a curfew. I kind of let my body kind of, depending on what I have going on. Um, that's another reason why I like kind of doing my own thing. Um, but 
you know, and sometimes I'll have like a 4am flight. And so I'm going to either, you know, mm-hmm. try and catch mm-hmm. you know, an hour of sleep or just hammer through. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't really set a curfew in my body. Like I'm, had the same routine so much that I'm still up. I, I I like to get on my local time as much as possible. So I'll power through so that I am still waking up at like the equivalent of 5am or whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any, I mean, like as far as safety, like, do you think about taking the subway? Like, I don't want to be on the last subway. So I need to like head out soon or I don't know, take into consideration where your hotel is or anything like that. I'm more scared I'm going to miss the last subway than okay. I am worried about being on it. Uh, because then I'm like, what if I can't find a cab or whatever? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think about that. And it's totally a case-by-case basis. It really depends where you are, what city you're in. What is that? Is it like New York that it's awake all hours of the night, you know, where you're still going to be surrounded by people? Or is it starting to shut down and there's not going to be people around, you know, yeah. kind of thing? Um it really like, yeah, I feel like you have to get a city read on the vibe and what's happening to know, like if I need to start coming home or if I need to grab, you know, a subway. So I'm not the last one on it, but I feel like as long as there are like crowds of people, it's really comfortable. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The usual. <laughs> cool. Um, I don't and know. I'm trying to think, what else do you face as, like, a woman traveler? I guess, do you, as far as accommodations, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> um, if you were, like, when you're choosing your hotels or accommodations and things like that, do you choose, like, whatever feel like... I don't know. I feel like this question, we've already talked about this a little bit, but would you pay a little extra money to be in like a bougier, more safe hotel or do you kind of like risk it all and do the (laughs) whatever other alternatives there are? I'm more about location more than like amenities. So to me, the location, if you're in a well-populated, cool area, it's somewhere you can enjoy more. You can stay out longer. Um, you maybe don't have to like go as far to get there. Maybe you don't need to take the subway into the city or whatever. So I just like having a better location more than having like some five-star hotel, even if they were next door to each other, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then I'm kind of similar in the same way. Like I will definitely take safety into consent into consideration sure but location for sure and then at the end of the day i'm i'm more of like when i go someplace new i'm out more than in the hotel so the hotel is really just a place for me to sleep and like keep my things right. so it doesn't i don't necessarily need like the five stars right right although it's nice <laughs> <laughs> so but kind of on that note like if you're going somewhere you've never been before whether you're by yourself or not how do you assess the safety of a neighborhood? Ooh. How do you look up or see? Yeah. For good. me, I mean, it depends. Like if, if when I was going to Madrid, I talked to a friend of mine who lived in Spain for a while and mm-hmm. got, kind of got her opinion. Um, if I don't have a firsthand traveler, I mean, I go online and I look to see where the most popular, the things that I want to see mm-hmm. and kind of plan accordingly. Uh, or I get a, a book and stuff. And for me, 
traveling solo and it comes to finding accommodations, my preference is actually Airbnbs where, mm-hmm. and it's not so much having, I mean, I'll get an apartment for myself if it's, it's a, you know, if it's affordable and good, but I actually kind of like having a room in a, you know, a place yeah. where there's other people because I think unlike a hotel, like if I don't check into a hotel, nobody's kind of wondering. But I, the story I tell myself is that when it comes to an Airbnb, somebody's going to notice. They may not do anything, but they, they'll note, like it's, it's noticeable that I haven't checked in. Mm. Um, and it's worked out really well for me in terms of one time I got really, in, in Colombia, I got really, really bad food poisoning um, and was laid out for, you know, over a day and a half. And so, you know, my, both my, I was supposed to change Airbnbs because I was going from one part of the city to the other. And my incoming, per- my outgoing person let me stay past the checkout time and kind of lay on the couch and feel miserable. And then my incoming oh. person let me check in early and was like literally checking on me that night. Like, are you okay? Oh. Um, and so, yeah, so that's to me the, the value add of Airbnb, especially, especially as a woman. And you get these cool people to talk to, you know, and that that's really, once again, what we were talking about earlier, as far as people kind of opening up their lives more, they're always curious, you know, why, you know, they, they tell me more about the cool stuff that, that yeah. they may not necessarily tell their other guests. Totally. Right. So actually that had made me think too, if you're on a trip alone, do you check in with your family or how do, how do you keep them informed that you're still safe and things are okay? Do you do that? Or do you just see you when I get back? <laughs> you know, okay. I, I live 3000 miles from my family. So mm-hmm. there, you know, I check in with my mom once a week, you know, as I have since college. Um, and then with my siblings, it's just whatever memes we're exchanging. But when I travel, one of the things I do is I always send them kind of like a modified itinerary. Now, anybody who's listened to me before on this podcast knows that I, I'm also, I've got high levels of ambiguity. So there may be gaps where I don't know where I'm staying these few days, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. Um, but that they have kind of some, somebody in the States has an idea about where I'm supposed to be. Uh, and it's a one pager. It's definitely not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could probably put it in the back of a cocktail napkin. Right. Uh, and then depending on what my Wi-Fi access looks like, the way that I kind of keep people posted is just posting my pictures on Facebook and Instagram. So, I mean, and that's, I think that's how a lot of my friends know that I'm traveling because all of a sudden I go from radio silence to, oh, wow, there's a lot of pictures of me. <laughs> uh, she must be traveling again. Right. Uh, Nice. I am usually traveling with my mom, but so it's kind of we're together. But when I'm not, then it's I try to do like a little this is what I did today, like before I go to bed um, Mm -hmm. every every day or every other day whenever I manage to. But it's also the Wi-Fi because I remember when I was in Santorini, Verizon was not working at all when I was out yes. on the island. So I had to rely on my friends who had not Verizon. Uh, that was the one time Verizon failed me. No. Uh, I think everyone else had like T-Mobile or something else. Um, so I had to rely on them. I literally could not walk off on my own just because I didn't have access to anything otherwise. Um, and so that was not really scary because I had people, but it was also like... I, I was like tethered to people all the time. Um, and so then once I would get back to the Airbnb, that was when like everything kind of connected and I, I get like 
several messages from my mom, not really worrying where I am, but kind of just like checking in on her end. Um, and so I'd have to like send her this whole like, I did this today, but in more detail because I couldn't do that throughout the day. Um, but yeah, I like Lee's one pager, the little, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing to know um, because I'm definitely a planner in that sense. Like I'll make a full itinerary for myself just because I like planning everything out. Um, so that's, I'll, I'll take that into consideration the next time I go out. So in case I don't have Wi-Fi or anything. And to be honest, I originally created it not for my family, but for my pet sitter. Uh, Of course. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It was kind of like an after the fact sort of thing. Like, oh, I guess I could send this to them. (laughs) Right. You know, now I, um, if I'm traveling alone, it's probably for work. And so I use WhatsApp generally because you can get Wi-Fi in like any coffee shop to like text my husband and my mom. But The year I studied abroad in Europe, I remember there wasn't really text messaging. There weren't iPhones. You didn't have internet in places. You would like go to an internet cafe. And I remember when we first got there, all the American students, we would like go on trips to the internet cafe and like pay a euro or whatever to like send emails out frantically. And then like, you know, the next (laughs) week we would go check our emails and respond. And I remember even then thinking like, we are so fortunate to like be studying abroad in a time with email. Like imagine if we'd like write letters or something. Oh God, I love it. And even that feels so archaic that we would check our email like once a week or something. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But I, that was me first semester at sea. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it just blows my mind. And now it's like, if you weren't able to text someone, you know, for like a day, it's like a whole panic mode, which I totally understand. Totally. Or That's it's like it you aren't able to post on Instagram or Facebook for like the entirety of a day. And then everything kind of, that was me, that was me in Greece. I was like taking videos and photos of throughout the whole day. And then at night, once we got back to our Airbnb, I was like posting everything like all at once. <laughs> it was like everything happened within a second. Yeah. The weirdest thing for me was has been like all this situation. I've been in like sketchy situations where I'm like, okay, I just want to get home or whatever, but I don't want to pull out my phone and text because I I just want to concentrate on like the task at hand. And I'll like get back and like tell my husband like, oh my god, I'm so glad to be back at the hotel or whatever. And he's just kind of like, oh, that's nice. But when I was in, I was in Japan for the typhoon that they had last um, fall and I was so bored. I was like, I'm going out in it. I'm going to go walk out for a little bit. And my husband was so concerned. He's like, please just go back to your hotel. It's not (laughs) worth it. Like, please. I'm like, I am literally just walking like outside the hotel. Like, and it's just raining. It's just like a lot of wind and rain. It's not that big of a deal. And he was like beside himself. I'm like, I have been in way worse situations than this. And you didn't even like know or care so it's funny what they choose to react to i guess yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah so it's a blessing and a curse being able to communicate everything right away totally yeah okay is there anything else as a solo female traveler that's a hot topic that we missed i feel like we covered a lot (laughs) I, I, mean, I think it's the first. Better. Yeah, I think it's better, and I think 
It's the first trip that you take, regardless of the destination, that really kind of sets sets you forward, mm. feeling like you can do this, mm-hmm. you know. And and for some way, and, and granted, like I said, you know, I mean, I've been doing it since I was fifteen, and you know, there's a lot of stuff that we don't think about when we're fifteen. <laughs> Right, um, but you know, for a woman who you know who may be in her twenties, thirties, forties, or older, who's thinking about taking her first solo trip, um, and it feels like a lot, start small and go to dinner by yourself here. Yeah, yeah. Go to yeah. by yourself. Yeah, you know, if you can, can like actually go, go you know, beach. Again, COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like spend a weekend domestically by yourself and and, and start small. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll be surprised at how much potentially, you know, or, or don't, you know, there's no one, nothing saying that everyone, every woman in order to become fulfilled needs to travel solo at least once. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think when you do it, you just, there's a certain kind of empowerment that comes. And I've, I, I am just consistently reminded at how good the world is um, mm. and how much more, like I, I learn more about myself and about the world and doing it. Um so that would be that would be my thing. It doesn't have to be like I'm going to sign up and backpack, you know, the the Appalachian Trail or right. I'm going to go wherever. It could just be like, you know what? I'm going to go to San Diego for a night by myself and it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. I think it's also good to ease into it. I you were reminding me when you were talking about that, the very first trip I ever took alone, I remember it wasn't even that long. It was like five days. But at some point, I felt like I was going crazy because I felt like I hadn't talked to anybody in so long. I was just living like inside my head because I wasn't traveling with people. And it felt really mm-hmm. weird. And now I'm at the point where I've gone on trips that are like two weeks and it's like the same thing and it doesn't bother me or it makes me more outgoing to like talk to people. So mm-hmm. it can be really jarring at first. So, like, doing the small trips first, like, if that's a goal of yours and you want to, are totally um, a good idea. And I, I think it sounds more intimidating than it is. I mean, Absolutely. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's really getting better. And, like, in every place you go, there are going to be women, locals, who are just out by themselves. Like, you feel out of place, but it's not weird outside, like, to other people to see a woman out walking by herself. Mm-hmm. you know yeah and i would say like you know, th- that's the cool thing about things like meetup and technology and stuff like that mm-hmm. is you can actually find those wherever you are um and there's some great groups out there that that do empower women you know that empower women to travel solo there's podcast there's so many totally. different things out there yeah i agree it's getting easier and easier every year, minus twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, that this this country. When I'm saying this, this year does not count. Yes. All right. Okay, that was fun. I learned a lot. Seeing <laughs> as I um yet. So to where do, are you going to book your first right? solo trip, Emily? I know. Yeah. I'm thinking now. I don't know. There's so many places like domestically but also internationally that I want to go but we can't travel so I'm just gonna like (laughs) I I'm just gonna keep looking on Airbnb and check out hostels for the future and see if I find one that catches my eye and then that's where I'll go (laughs) good for you yeah I feel I feel like I need at least one hostel experience just you do. because you I, I want do. to know what it's like because I've heard such extremes from both really like yeah like there's 
I've had friends who've had like terrible experiences where it was like a good hostel, but then like the someone broke into their locker, just like things oh, bad things yeah. happen like that. Yeah. Um, but then I've also also heard your experience that's like the best thing ever, and you make so many friends and things like that. So I just want to see. I do have some bad stories, <laughs> so I you mean, just gotta go out there and try. Some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that was fun. I learned a lot. I hope I hope our listeners learned stuff too. So we gotta ditch Zen more often. <laughs> but for now, thank you for tuning in. And if you want more, then you can check out our Facebook and Instagram social media pages. You will find photos of our adventures around the world, interesting articles, and so much more. Meet Us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education production. If you need a career boost, are looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye. 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 Bye.